Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Campfire Adventures Podcast. Now, I had so much fun recording episode 8, which is on Bloody Mary if you've been listening. If not, you can always go back and listen with my friends Jamie and Devin. So I came back for another episode today. So that's our adventure. I want to thank them for being my live audience. And then, as always, everybody out there in podcast land who's listening... You guys are all the best. I appreciate it. We the best. <laughs> but we have a great episode for you. And also, by the end of today's episode, I'll let you know what the big news is. So grab a drink. We're hanging out around the fire. And I'm ready to tell you today's story. I feel like we've covered a vast array of creepy creatures and legends during the first 10 episodes of the podcast. And when I was thinking about what to talk about in this week's episode, I was like, okay, so we did a vampire. We've talked about a swamp monster, a ghost, but something we haven't talked about are werewolves. So we're going to fix that today. Yo, because I want to do that. Can we all do that on count of three? One, two, three. Oh! Oh! Now, I'm not sure if it wasn't only me, but I always thought it would be the coolest thing in the world to be able to shapeshift into some different type of animal. Like, I think all the adventures you could have on, like, different stories, if you were able to turn into, like, a duck, or maybe if you turn into a a bat, or, you know, obviously a wolf. Like, all these different animals. Think of the stories they could tell if they could talk, right? And then I started to hear scary stories about these creatures called werewolves. And then, you know when you hear something or like you see an image or something for the first time and then all of a sudden like you always only see that or hear something about it? Yes. Well, that's what happened with werewolves. It was like all of a sudden I started seeing TV shows where it was a werewolf. All of a sudden, you know, the pictures on (laughs) commercials were about werewolves. Everything was about werewolves. And I was like, it's the coolest thing in the world. But how did they actually turn into werewolves? How are these things actually a real thing? And is it possible that I could turn into a werewolf too? So... Dylan, if you put your mind to anything, it's possible. That's, that's a great message for the children. <laughs> but to make a long story short, because, well, you know, a long story. Uh, I always wondered if they were real. And so now I think after doing all this research and stuff, that they might be. But once again, that's for us to decide after the end of this podcast, right? So, what exactly is a werewolf? As the legend goes, a werewolf is a human that is able to transform itself into a wolf or a wolf-like creature. Now that's full moon right now. It is not a full moon. Now that's (laughs) that's right, people. Anyone could be a werewolf, whether you're a woman or a man. They don't discriminate. There's actually a tale about these old ladies who were actually believed to be the only type of people that could turn into a werewolf. 
And so they transform into this werewolf state by drinking a potion. But for this episode, we're going to say it could be either a man or a woman. And so you might be wondering, like, how do these people get their powers? How is it possible that they're able to turn into a werewolf? Well, the legend goes, and specifically for these older women, some believe that it's by taking a potion. But for the other men and women out there, they claim that once there was a magical beer that you could drink that would transform you into a wolf creature. Give me some of that. I have no idea where this is. And I've looked. But <laughs> if that doesn't work, the most popular theory is that somebody made a deal with the king of the underworld. And in return for doing any of his bidding, they would have the ability to transform, during a full moon of course, into this mythical beast that we know as the werewolf. And what they'd have to do for this king of the underworld is wreak havoc wherever they are. And in addition to that, bring a soul back to him. So that way he feels like he's getting what he's invested in, right? But not only are you allowed to wreak havoc and then bring a soul back, he also gave you the ability to turn other people into a werewolf. So if, for example, I was able to turn into a werewolf, you'd be able to bite or scratch another person. And then them thinking like, you know, that's all he did. I survived. But what they'll soon realize is that you only spare their life so that they can only continue to carry on the legacy of what a werewolf is. It's their original pyramid scheme. Exactly. <laughs> so from those of you that are wondering, yes, there are usually 12 full moons every single year. So think of all the fun that you could possibly have as a werewolf. And there's a PS for this. Every now and again, there's a 13th full moon. So maybe 13 days out of the year, you're able to turn to a werewolf, right? Doesn't that sound nice? Do it. Now, do werewolves use their powers for good or evil? And is there any type of way that you could possibly protect yourself from an encounter with a werewolf? I think we all know the answer to that. And, I mean, oh. well, what do you, what? It depends if you're on Team Jacob or Team Edward. Edward, there it is. Edward, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the movies, yes. We could go <laughs> either to Scooby-Doo or we could go to Twilight, Twilight for all of our werewolf needs. But the newest thing is episode 11 of Dylan's podcast. So I think we all know the answer to this. I mean, I'd like to think if I was able to turn to a werewolf, I'd first go talk to wolves and be like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, like, how's the living out here? What do the caribou taste like out here? La, 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 you know, just me talking to my friends out of wolves. And then maybe every now and again, I'd go win an eating competition. <laughs> but if the king of the underworld is giving you some type of power then my dream probably isn't going to become a reality. So, it's believed that a werewolf is responsible for wreaking havoc, like I said. It's one of the skills in a werewolf's job description, along with taking souls of people to the king of the underworld. Even the story, remember the old ladies I was telling you about earlier? Well, they weren't so innocent. Supposedly, they were set out to kill farmers' livestock. It said that just with a look of their eyes they were able to paralyze the livestock and then they would come in with these giant claws and take them all out. 
With their impressive speed and their unbelievable strength, it seemed almost impossible that anybody was able to stop a werewolf from accomplishing the goal that they had set out to achieve during that full moon. But some believe that you can, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. So first, with religion, I get it, some of you are religious, some of you aren't. But if you are religious, it's believed that if you were able to bring somebody who turned into a werewolf into a church and help them convert to Christianity, then everything of their were-being would just disappear. But hey, okay, so you're telling me, like, Dylan, I'm not religious. And that, you know, Dylan, the person in the wolf form, is coming right at me right now. What am I supposed to do? I can't lead them to a church. First of all, that's a mouthful to say if somebody's coming at you right now. But the tiniest werewolf. But I got you covered. So all you have to do is if there's a werewolf coming at you, if you know who they are, call them by their name three times. Poof. They transform back into their human state. Okay, so you're thinking maybe I'd rather be prepared. Why wait for a werewolf to come to me? when I can just be ready and be prepared for anything. So here's what you need to do. You need to take up gardening and plant this flower called wolfsbane all around your house. Apparently, werewolves hate the smell. And if they smell it, they're going to stay as far away from you as possible. But Dylan, I want to go run my errands and I want to go do this and that. Okay, that's fine. You could totally go do all that stuff. But here's what you have to do before you leave your house. Put on every piece of silver that you own, grab a bushel of those wolfbane flowers, and then go out and do all your errands. Because a werewolf hates silver. Yes, that Scooby-Doo movie was right. And they hate wolfsbane. So they'll leave you alone. In the clear. No problem. Just don't forget those two things. But with all this, like, oh, it's believed this, and he said that, and then she said that, has anyone actually ever really seen a werewolf? Well, I have two stories that might be of interest to you. Because there are so many stories that are told out there, and they're from all around the world, that it wouldn't matter wherever you are. Because as the story goes, and as the legend goes, there's a werewolf anywhere and everywhere. So this is the most famous werewolf story ever told. It's the 1500s. And there lived a man named Peter Stubb, who was prosperous and living in Bedburg, Germany, as a farmer. I right? knew it! You had something, what? What'd you know? When you talked about werewolves, mm-hmm. you said they drink potions or they drink beers to turn into werewolves. And a magical beer, yeah. Yes, a magical beer. Mm-hmm. I instantly knew it was a German beer. Why is German? sound like a German thing to do. Well, that is a beer capital of the world, right? That's why it came to my mind. Okay, so let me go through the story a little bit more, and then we'll find out if he's drinking the so-called potion beer, right? So, during this time in the 1500s, it was hard for people to be able to grow crops and be successful. But for some reason, Peter, he didn't have a problem. He continued to prosper as others struggled to plant their crops, have them grow to full term, and then be able to sell them, right? And then in addition to this, during the time, this hardship that farmers were facing, there was also an ongoing war between the Protestants 
and the Catholics in Germany, which is known as the Cologne War because of where it happened. So with all these things going on, it wasn't long before people in town started to realize that some people were going missing or they just happened to find like a dead body in the streets. So people were like, okay, well, that's weird, you know. And then livestock was disappearing, livestock was dying in people's farms. They're like, something's not adding up here. So they try to figure out what was happening. They eventually came up with this idea of somebody, some creature that looked wolf-like, but was also a man, and that he was probably the only possible solution to be responsible for the town's torment. Some said that they actually even saw this creature leaving the scene of some of the crimes and that his depiction was actually something that was larger than a regular man covered in hair a dark figure with long white fangs and sharp long claws the chupacabra no so they they got a good view of him well some people you know after they were trying to figure out who this what could have caused all these murders and disappearances Some people are like, oh, you know what I saw this one time? I saw this creature, wolf-like, but almost like a man. Like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, me too. It was like a man wearing wolf's clothing. And then they said, a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when somebody doesn't know what the truth is, Mm -hmm. they start to build a truth that makes sense to them, right? Yeah. So we're in the 1500s. Who's ravaging people's villages? Who's ravaging their farms? It's wolves, right? So that's what ended up being this beast. It was a wolfman. So people who traveled through the area heard the tales of this wolf-like creature that was terrorizing the town. And what they'd do is they'd come ready for a fight. And if somebody so happened to just disappear while they were on their travels, they'd say, okay, well, obviously they fell victim to this beast. Tired of living in fear, the people of this small town in Germany decided that they would start hunting parties to find the beast and put a stop to him because they didn't want him to attack again. They were like, you know what? We'll figure it out. We'll stop him before he can stop us. While on one of these searches, they followed the beast's track to where they had originated from. And to their surprise, they found who made the tracks. And it was none other than Peter Stubb. The tracks led them to his farm. And the only person there at the time, Peter Stubb. So so they were like, you know who it is? It must be Peter. That's the only logical evidence that we have. So they captured him, did whatever they could to him, basically tortured this poor guy, until they finally admitted that yes... He was the reason that people were disappearing. He was the cause of all these murders. He took out all this livestock because he was, in fact, a werewolf. Now, first of all, if someone's going to admit to all this stuff, they must be crazy, right? Because who's going to admit to it? Well, here's my question. Okay. Okay. Is he just admitting to it because he's getting tortured like crazy? That's why everybody who's getting tortured admits to something. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking, right? But he only further goes into detail about how he did these things. He said around the age of 12, he had decided that he would sell his soul to the king of the underworld in exchange for 
property in exchange for power in exchange for materialistic goods and in addition to that the king of the underworld said okay well i'll give you these powers which will allow you to transform into a beast which ended up being a werewolf but in exchange you bring me souls so that i can feed myself and then i know that you're really working for me and he had no problem with that he said perfect so he had admitted to committing these murders against women, children, men, and then admitted to being a werewolf. And then with this evidence, the town was like, okay, he has no remorse. He actually sounds like he liked doing all these deeds. And you know what? We're not going to keep letting that carry on. So they decided that they would execute this man. But not only did they execute Peter, they decided that they would go for anybody who lived in his estate. So they killed his wife, his children, even his mistress. They killed them all because they thought by getting rid of everybody who was associated with him, they would stop any type of werewolf presence that could come back into the town. But before he died, he said, the reason that I can turn into a werewolf is because I have this magical belt that will transform me. So it wasn't a magical beer that he was drinking. The king of the underworld actually gave him a belt, he claims, that helped him transform into a werewolf whenever he wanted so he can commit these different deeds. But after the townspeople had executed him, they went back to his estate to find the belt, but they were unable to find or recover it at all. So that's the first story that I have for you, right? And now for the second story. So as I did all this research on werewolves, it seemed like every story that came up was about some werewolf that lived in a city, in a country, wherever, province, in Europe. So I was like, shoo! You know, being here in the United States, we're good. We have a million other monsters to worry about. We don't have to add werewolves to the list. But I started to add a more specific search, and lo and behold, yes, there are tales, true tales, they say, of a werewolf living in America. So the story takes place in Texas. To be more specific, a city called Gregton, Texas. And we're introduced to a couple named Mr. and Mrs. Greg. I know it's kind of ironic that Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Greg live in Gregton, but that's how the story goes. It speaks to their wealth, I think. <clears throat> anyway, the story goes back in 1958, Mr. Greg had to attend an overnight business trip and left his wife home alone to hold down the fort and it was a hot day in texas so she decided that she'd spend most of her day indoors and as day turned to night she thought she you know it's really hot in here she looked out the window and noticed mm, looks like a storm's kind of brewing maybe i'll push the bed over to the window because a storm's gonna bring in a nice breeze right and she thought it was already hot might as well enjoy a good night's sleep so she pushes the bed over opens up the window and as day turned to night like i said she decided well, i'm ready for bed i'm gonna lay down and i'm gonna unwind and enjoy the evening and fall asleep but before she can fall asleep she heard a scratching at the window didn't pay it any attention she's like oh you know what we're in texas middle of nowhere whatever fell asleep and as she slept storm noises rolled in thunder lightning rain everything was happening but during her slumber a loud crack of lightning hit a loud boom of thunder hit and she woke up 
But when she woke up, she didn't only hear the sounds of a storm, she heard the continued sound of scratching at her window. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. This is why I close the drapes when I go to bed. This is why when I start a movie, the window might be open, but the drapes are closed. The blanket's ready. Because I don't ever want to wake up, hear some crazy noise at my window, and think, oh my god, if I turn around, I'm going to see some beast outside my window. At least for that one second of hearing that noise, I can think, if I cover myself with the blanket, whatever's out there isn't going to know. Right? For like a second, you're safe. Right? And I'll take that second. I'll totally take the second. But that's not what happened to Mrs. Greg. Within the cracks of the lightning hitting the ground, she was able to see outside the window. And when she peeked outside the window, she saw a man-like figure covered in hair with bright glowing eyes, sharp white teeth staring at her through the frame of the window. And she screamed. She sc- I would have screamed for my dear life. Screamed so loud, this creature got scared. She rustled out of bed, grabbed a flashlight, and went to the door. And when she was looking outside, she saw this beast running down her yard. She's trying to figure out what it is, because it didn't look like an animal. But it didn't look like a human. It was like a combination of the two. And she's trying to figure out, through all this storm happening and it moving, what it was. But whatever it was, it ducked down behind a bush. So she waited. She must have had some type of courage on her because she waited to see what this creature looked like whenever it left where it was. And when it finally decided that it was ready to leave, a dog didn't walk out. A wolf didn't walk out. A man walked out from behind the bushes, turned around, stared at Miss Greg, and disappeared in the dark. I'm going to tell you right now, I couldn't handle it. She must have went back to bed because that's the end of that story. So, are they true? Are they not true? Just tell me the truth so I know. So, for the story of Peter Stubb, it's believed that many of the disappearances and the murders of people that were reported could have been explained by the ongoing Cologne War, right? I mean, there was a war happening between the Protestants and the Catholics. There were bound to be casualties that happened throughout the nights, throughout the days, throughout the time. I mean, whatever. And then again, they never did find this magical bell. I mean, they executed Peter, but didn't have any proof that he was actually a werewolf. But he also admitted to being a werewolf. And then he also admitted to being the murderer behind all these people that had passed, right? But did they ever see him in the werewolf state? They never did. But what people now believe, you know, now that we've gone from the 1500s all the way to the 2021s, right? People believe that he was actually one of the first serial murderers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And that he actually did go and commit all these murders. So he was confessing to the murders that he actually did commit. But you... Just got turned into like well hold on because people are thinking like a werewolf that doesn't make sense but at the time wolves were one of the biggest feared creatures because they were killing livestock they were killing people we were more vulnerable to wolf attacks right and as this is going on there was also a delusion that some people had called lycanthropy 
And then thanks to Webster's Dictionary, I can tell you what that is. It's a delusion that people have that allows them to believe that they are able to take the form of a wolf and then in turn have the same characteristics of a wolf. So it's like a form of schizophrenia that some people have. They justify what they're doing. So some people believe they truly turn into these werewolves. They have hallucinations of it. They're not able to speak in English or German or whatever language they have. And then their behaviors are unorthodox. So in their minds, they're like, well, I did turn into a werewolf and I did commit these acts. So for all we know, Peter Stubb actually truly believed he was a werewolf, but he could have been suffering from lycanthropy. But I feel like that's a cause of drinking a lot of German beer. (laughs) We still never found what that German beer was. Well, let's find out. If only we could. I did some (laughs) research on it. So that's for the proof of what happened to Peter Stubb. As for the story that was told from Mrs. Gregg, there was no other proof or alternative story that could have happened to her besides her seeing a creature that was both man-like and wolf-like, right? Could it have just been some creeper looking in her window and... With full of hair and with these golden glowing eyes and this sharp... Italian man from the neighborhood. Oh my gosh. (laughs) These are different stories that we're not checked into. But (laughs) Miss Greg, as she claims, saw a creature that was both wolf and man-like with these razor sharp white fangs and these glowing yellow eyes that was never explained so here we are once again we're brought to the end of a tale still filled with questions i know like is a werewolf real or not there are so many stories about this creature that have been told for centuries tales of this quote-unquote real beast that roams the planet fulfilling the desires of the king of the underworld or Are they just tales of some people who are afflicted with the delusions and have this illness of lycanthropy? Whether or not it's true, once again, that's up to you to decide. But just so you know, there are many, many more stories than I've actually told you today of people who have claimed that they've seen this creature alive. He's kicking. He's out there. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I'm just saying, if you want to play it safe... If for some reason you believe that a werewolf's real, carry some wolfbane, carry some silver, and go about your day. You'll be completely fine. And that's where I'd like to end today's story about werewolves. Are they true? Are they not? Like I said, it's up to you. I believe it. I'm going to carry some silver on me. I actually have silver on me right now just to stay safe. And... (laughs) And that's the end of tonight's episode. So thank you and good night. Good night. I'm just kidding. I haven't even told you guys what the big news is. So I have some big news and it's a huge announcement. And here it is. I'm so happy. And I've had so much fun telling you all these crazy, creepy, but cool stories. And I'm ready to tell you what today's big announcement is. The big announcement is that I'm going to take this whole podcast on the road. So the announcement is that I'm going to take this podcast on the road. I'm going to travel to every single state in the United States, or at least I'm going to do my best to do that. Right. 
And I'm not just going to do that. I'm going to record a new episode of a local legend, a creepy creature, or some crazy tale that's associated with each state that I visit, and then publish them, as I've been doing within this podcast, once a week until I get through every single episode. So I'm excited to finally tell you, so you can stay connected to me on Instagram, on Facebook, and of course through the website www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. There's going to be so many behind the scenes, so much pictures. I'm also going to start a GoFundMe page, which is going to be linked on our social media pages as well as the website. So go ahead and check out those. I'm not asking or begging for you to donate to them. If for some reason you feel the need to help support me while I go on this trip, do it. If you have a rich uncle or aunt, grandma or grandpa, send the link to them. I'm not going to press you into it, but if you feel the need, I would totally appreciate it. But you can find all that stuff on the website, social media, our Facebook and Instagram. And a portion of any of the money that's donated to the GoFundMe page is going to be redonated to the National Parks Foundation because I plan on visiting throughout this trip as many national parks as I can. And to upkeep them, to make sure they're pristine, to make sure everybody can enjoy them, I would only like to further help be able to do that. So that's the big news. We're going on the biggest adventure that I could plan for all of you all. And I'm so happy to be able to share every single moment of the trip with you guys as you listen to these podcasts. So stay up to date as much as you can on our social media, as much as you can through listening to the podcast, and of course, throughout the website. That's the big news. We have some champagne to celebrate. Drink only if you're 21 and older. I'm going to stress that real quick. But thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate anybody out there listening in podcast land or my live audience with Jamie and Devin here today to celebrate this special news. Go, Dylan! Woo! Make big moves! (laughs) Make big moves! You guys are always the best. And and I truly do appreciate you all. So thank you so much. This is all going to happen within the next few weeks, so make sure you stay up to date. And... I guess, as I always say, does anyone have any questions about the werewolf story, about the adventures around the world? I wouldn't say questions. Comments? Definitely a comment. Okay. I want to go to Germany and find this beer. I've been to Germany before, so (laughs) hopefully we get to take this international. Right now, we're staying within the United States, but the goal, if we go international, you'll come to Germany with me. Yes. Right? We're on the hunt for the beer. We're on the hunt for the beer. (laughs) But, okay, we're going to end it here, and as I always say, if you're listening to this, whether in the morning or at night, good morning or good night, and every sound that you hear while we're recording these episodes is an outside noise. And that's only because we actually do film outside in front of a live campfire. So thank you again. I hope you enjoyed the story. I truly appreciate you. Thank you so much. Goodbye.